Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. Melissa? Oh, oh, she's holding a baby. That's why this. Okay, that's where she went. Okay, cool. Um, thank you so much for that. I, I think that's the first time you've actually called me a friend. I think that was, that's so, so warm. Thank you. No, well, that sounds hostile when I say it like that. But no, 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 don't. Don't take it back. That's, I'm going to, I'm treasuring that in my heart right now. That's so cool. Um, the first thing I need to say is, all joking aside, is we're here at the invitation of uh, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Britt. And this is such a, a privilege to be here. Normally, I, I don't come every week, but once in a while I'll show up and I'll like sit kind of like that side of the aisle, like center, middle section, and just kind of watch what's happening. And I just love the atmosphere here. I love the passion. I love the worship. I love the, the intimacy that there is in a community of this size. And, and the fact that it's growing at the same time and there's, there's uh, dinner meets going on and stuff like that is just so great. Um, these people have, have changed their roles in my life again and again and again. I've, uh, my original connection with Britt was, and she brought this up actually last week, was uh, she said, hey, remember when you were tutoring me in math when I was in grade 11? And I was like, wow, that feels like a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but she's not that to me anymore. Now she's Pastor Britt, and I'm here at her, at her invitation, her behest, and with her blessing. And it's amazing when you get to walk with people and it's measured in years and then decades. And you, you go through those moments of redefining how you relate to people. And you redefine how you honor them and how you bless them and are blessed by them. And it's just great to kind of be, just identify that, that season that you're in and just so that you can get everything that God has for you from the relationships that he's put you in. So this is really important to do. Keep on just asking God, like, where is this person in relationship to me? And just like, oh, man, now it's my job to, like, honor you and bless you, both of you guys, as pastors over C3 EV. So I just thank you so much for letting Melissa and I and my daughter, Calissa, just be here tonight. This is awesome. Uh, what do I want to say next? Why don't we just pray? <laughs> Why don't we just pray for a second? Father God, we stand because you've given us strength. We love people because you loved us first. We have hope because you have a plan for our lives. So we just put our trust in you tonight that you are going to say something to us and that you're going to do a great work here. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. The, uh, you already said it. I'm, I'm uh, assistant pastor at C3 uh, West, the other sister church to this one. My job is pastoral care. And um, the one thing I learned even before I, I became a pastor there, was, and, and the theme this month is impact, making an impact in your world, making an impact on the people around you. The number one way that I see to make an impact in my world is by loving individuals one at a time. It's hugely important. Uh, I love the fact that you're involved with Kingdom Coffee. Most of my most of my work revolves around coffee with people um, to the point where I've walked out of Denny's at some points and I'm actually asking myself, why am I so afraid right now? Oh, it's because it's the bottomless cup of coffee. 
I'm like, I'm walking out. There's like fight or flight, just like firing every neuron in my body. It's just like ready to bolt. And I'm like, why? I'm, there's no threat. Oh, I just drank like five cups of coffee because they didn't ask me if they wanted a refill. They just come pouring it out. So many good things happen around coffee. Um, relationships are nurtured around stuff like that, around food, coffee, things like that. Um, and what we want to do tonight is I would love to help you to have the, the most profound, deepest, beneficial impact that you can have on other people's lives, that you would have a sense of significance, that you would have a sense that uh, God is cooperating with you. Um, who is the guy that ran the four-minute mile? Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister is this Christian guy, and, and he just felt like God just made him to run. And he said that when I run, I feel God smiling. So what I want for us to do is I want us to experience God smiling when we're connecting with people, okay? When we're loving on them, when we're being there for them. And that we would actually have a sense of like, yeah, I'm, I'm not just taking up space here, but I am having a significant impact on the people around me, right? This is what we want. I don't want us just to wonder like, go home, watch the Netflix, play the Battlefield 3, and just like, what am I doing here? We want to have a significant impact, okay? And I say those things because I do them once in a while. <laughs> so where are we going to go here? Having an impact. I was going to title this message, Moving from Me to We. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with that title because I said it to a friend this morning. I said, yeah, I'm going to call it Me to We. And he's like, we're going to call it Mead to Weed? And I was like, no, we're going to go from drinking to smoking? No, no, we're just going to, no, forget it. So we're just going to call it, we're moving from a me life to a we life. Let's just call it that. Okay. Okay, now let's just get going. Now, what are two obstacles to having a significant impact on other people's lives that would keep you within a me life instead of a, a me life? There's probably piles. I'm going to major on just two here tonight. One, and this is maybe, uh, yeah, first one, I'll call it the first one, is what's your goal? What is your goal? So I always have to check this in my own heart. My first goal, <laughs> oftentimes my default goal is to feel better. And um, whenever I make it my goal to feel better, um, and that's natural, it's a normal thing. I wanna feel good, what, what was wrong with that? Fine, but to make it your goal, the number one thing means that you're putting your happiness in other people's hands. You're putting it to the, to the wind. Your circumstances could affect that. Suffering could affect that. Just the fact that people are crazy could, could affect that. So how can I have a more fulfilling life? I make it my goal to love people. I make it my goal to love people. Jesus says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Right? It, there, there's just no getting around it. There is going to be suffering. There is going to be pain. So let's have a noble, godly, Christ-given goal while we're going through things. Right? So my goal is to love people. That's under my control. Feeling good may not be. But if my goal is to, like, love people, I can look at myself at the end of the day and go, did I love that person? Okay. Yes. Okay. No matter what is going on, I know that I'm living according to what God has called me to do. Right. Um, to be quite transparent, a couple of weeks ago, and maybe even a month ago now, man, but I had to do a, a, a funeral 
And I've done a few of them. But I did one for uh, a baby. And it was the most heavy, intense moment that I'd experienced this year. And, uh, you know, we're in, it's, just, it's just like five or six of us in a, in a, on a windy, rainy day. It had just snowed. And we're in Airdrie. And uh, there's this, we're just circled around this little baby. And it's so windy, like our umbrellas are, 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 are popping backwards. You know, they're like, uh, they're untangling. And, and, and so, like, nothing's working. And so we're just huddled in around this tiny little casket. And we're just grieving. We're just crying. And... We, we spend this time, we let, the, we let the father just pour out his heart, let the friends just pour out their heart and hug the parents and the friends of these people. And at the end of that day, I'm feeling like, woof, like that was intense. That was really intense. If my goal was to feel good at the end of that, I, I failed miserably. But I can ask myself, did I love those people? As, as good as I could, yes. Okay, mission accomplished. I, I, I did a good thing on the earth today, and I walked with God and did it. It was a good thing. So that would be the first thing. If you want to have an impact in life, what is your goal? Is it to feel good, something not under your control, or is it to love people, which is under your control? Okay, first question. Second thing that would possibly stop us from having an impact on other people's lives? Shame. Shame. What shame does, and every one of us is susceptible to this, but shame would tell you either A, you're disqualified, or that you're a bad person. And there's a beautiful illustration in the Bible of this, of, of how Jesus responds to people that are struggling with shame. And it's in... Luke 5, verses 8 to 11. I don't know if you'll be able to see it against the lights, but let me just see if I can, uh, if I can read it out loud here. Okay. So Peter, Apostle Peter, St. Peter, before he was St. Peter, he's met Jesus, and Jesus is talking to him. Jesus, this is a miracle. And Peter is feeling intense, sense of shame. Here's how he responds. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. That was the miracle. As were the others with him. With him. Jesus told him how to catch these fish, and it was a completely miraculous story. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So Peter says, please leave me. I'm a sinful man. Here's how Jesus responds. Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And this is Jesus' response to us every single time we bear a heart to him. Every single time that we feel a weight and we take that weight to Jesus, this is his response to us. He says, don't be afraid. I've got plans for you. He is not deterred by our sin. He is not deterred by how we see ourselves. Um, and very, very often, I do not get freedom by being introspective and looking inside to myself. Very, uh, every time, I get freedom 
by looking at Jesus and seeing how he sees me. My self-esteem, my self-respect, my amount of confidence comes from Jesus' regard for me. That's the thing that sets me apart. That's what helps me get through the day. That's what gives me strength and courage when something challenging is coming my way, is how Jesus regards me. So Jesus, in this sense, he is speaking this to you and to us. He's saying, don't be afraid. I've got plans for your life. Okay. How do we get through that? We do what Peter did. We confess. If you struggle with, with shame, if you struggle with guilt, if you feel unworthy, if you feel like I've got nothing to give, if you feel like I don't, I don't have what it takes, you confess that. You go to just like Peter did. You go to Jesus. Peter was awesome because he was so plain spoken. No subterfuge. Just flat out fisherman, dock worker kind of honesty. And he's just like, uh, I don't feel so good right now, Jesus. I feel a little bit heavy. Uh, I got doubts. Jesus says, don't worry. So I go like Peter. I go, Jesus, I got to do this. I got to love this person who is either unlovable or he's got problems that I can't fix. God, he's, he's into stuff I can't even handle. What do I do? So first of all, I'm just confessing my fear to you, Jesus. I'm confessing my lack. I'm confessing what I feel like I don't have right now. And Jesus receives that. He forgives me. He releases me from that, from that accusational tone that I'm carrying myself in. And he just says, let's go for it. I forgive you. I'm going to be your strength right now. Let's go. So I just, this has been the thing that has carried me from the time I was a child, growing up in the church, and not feeling significant. My parents divorced when I was a kid. And there's, there's struggles with worth and strength there. But this is the encounter I had when I was 16, was knowing Jesus was cheering for me, that he was my strength. So I, this, is my, this is my word to everybody here, is Jesus has a vision for your life that he is, and he just wants to be your strength. He wants to be intimately near you all the time. And all he's waiting for is honesty and confession. So if you want to experience the forgiveness and love of Jesus, you just go to him. You just talk to him. You can do it right now. You just say, Jesus, I've been doing this on my own, and I'm just dropping the ball. I need your help right now. I can't live this life my own way. So like Peter, I'm just coming to you, and I'm just saying, Jesus, just take the wheel. I can't do this. And Jesus says, hey, I got plans for your life. I forgive you. Let's go. Let's walk. So that's the first thing, is we are with Jesus. If you want to have an impact, you have to walk with Jesus. The second thing you need to do is walk in Jesus. We don't want to have an impact in life. You're going to realize that as you're faithful in these things, if you're faithful with a coffee with somebody, if you're faithful in doing a job well, here's the problem. You're going to get more responsibility. <laughs> and that used to be kind of a drawback to me. I was like, no, I, uh, that's enough. I just want to, you know. But as soon as you're faithful in something, as soon as you trust God with it, as soon as he moves through you, as soon as he gives you that faith and that courage to step out and love somebody, responsibility is going to be added to your life. It's just what happens. 
And here's what we need to know. We need to know that every time we take a step forward and trusting God and loving someone, that, yeah, more weight is going to be put on you. So what we need to do is we need to have an ever-increasing sense of the love of God in our lives. How you know Jesus today is great for today. But like, so, so the prayer, the, you know, what's the prayer everybody prays? Give us this day, the prayer I learned in school. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So today I'm being faithful to God. I'm walking with him. I'm trusting him to give me strength for Jesus to be with me when I talk to somebody. Responsibility gets added to me. Okay, so I've, I've, just, I've just used up Jesus' daily bread today for me. What I needed for today, I got. But tomorrow's a different day. Tomorrow's probably going to be a bigger day. Or next week is going to be a bigger week. Jesus, I need the same amount of bread for that that, that I did. Well, actually, I need more bread for that than I did for this. Do you know what I mean? Responsibility is added. Blessing, presence, and the love of God needs to be shed abroad even wider in my heart for that. And I'm not saying that he needs to love me more. God loves me as much right now as he will next week. What I have to do is tap into it, is walk in it, is strengthen myself in the Lord. It talks about, you know what, David and Goliath. The story of David and Goliath. This guy David, he went on to be the king of Israel. But before he was king of Israel... He lived, um, he lived in this little town, and the town was raided. All their families were taken. Only the, the, the army comes back from fighting. They come back, and all their families are gone. They've been raided by, by, a, by a neighboring country. And it says everyone is, like, angry. They're, they're miffed. They're, they're angry at David. It says David strengthened himself in the Lord. So we need to know how to strengthen ourselves in God. Okay? So how do we do that? What's the number, what are a number of ways that we can strengthen ourselves in God? Number one. And these are basic. This, is, this can be, I, I feel silly saying this because it's kindergarten stuff sometimes. But you know what? I do it every day. I pray. I spend time every morning, and I talk to Jesus, and I tell him how much I need him. I read my Bible. I need to entrench the love of God in my life. And I know when I haven't because I feel like, like, a, like a bug on a windshield just holding on to the windshield wiper. And I'm just like, we're going so fast, and I'm like so out of my realm right now. And like, oh, God, oh, help us. And so what did I forget to do that morning? Oh, yeah, I forgot to, like, I forgot to seek Jesus. And you know what? So many times Jesus is there anyway, and he's like, hey, hey. just because you didn't do your devotions this morning, let's just, I'm here. Don't worry. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But to make that habit of just seeking the face of Jesus every day, trusting him for his strength, entrenching the love of God in your life, I will literally go around speaking to myself that I am completely loved by God, completely accepted by him. I will do my best to erode the lies in my life. And that's a big thing. Identifying the lies that you have in your life. What are the lies that we carry on in our lives? So often they come from the things that influence us. I, I love Netflix. I love watching stuff like that. But I have to look at it in proportion to how much, how much time do I spend with God? What, do I, what kind of quality stuff do I watch when I'm watching Netflix or Crave or Amazon, whatever? What's the quality of these things? It's, it talks about in the Bible, it talks about guarding your heart for it's the wellspring of life. 
okay, so all life gets tapped into from here. It's like the plug in the wall. That's your heart. It's connected to God. You have to always make sure you're in touch with God. Always make sure that that heart is connected to God and it's not being influenced by other things that are going to erode that trust. Speak and propagate lies in your life that God doesn't love you, that he's false, that he's, this love is conditional, right? So I work at eroding, uprooting those, those lies in my heart like a gardener. What's that lie? You'll find every day that God is, 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 is focusing on something. He's not focusing on everything, but there's one thing that he wants to speak to you. There's one lie that he wants to uproot out of your life and just toss. No guilt, no condemnation. He says, like, that's a lie. Hey, I'm faithful. I didn't leave you. Uh, let's, just, let's just pull that out. Hey, what's a verse that actually speaks to that? It says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Tim, speak that truth over that lie, okay? All right. Hang out with people that know God. Hang out with people that you respect as mentors and as people that you know walk with Jesus and know how to tap into his life and his strength. Those are the people that you want to be around. These, uh, these um, dinner and barbecue opportunities over the summer, great time to get to meet great people. These are good folks. So I really encourage you, hey, if you want to change your life, change who you hang around with. If you want to be godly, hang around with godly people. If you want to go after Jesus, hang around with people that go after Jesus. This is how you do it. All right. So here's the change that this made in Peter's life. He comes around, and he is in, this, this is a little while later. He's in John 6. Verse 66, 68 and 69. So Jesus is just given some hard teaching. And, and people are leaving him in droves. Jesus said something very true, very much about it. it's all about him. And people are like, what? Gone. And Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, at this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 disciples and said, are you also going to leave? And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. This is a mark of maturity, is complete dependence on God. This is what it means to have childlike faith. Children depend on their parents. Are we prepared to depend on our Father? When so often my, my, my knee-jerk reaction is to back off, find a way to be self-sufficient, because I can control that. But I can't control how God works. Am I willing to trust someone that I cannot control, that I have to trust has my best interests in mind? Are we ready to do that? That's a big question you have to ask yourself. If you read... Um, Anything by C.S. Lewis, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, all these things. One of the phrases that I love coming out of there, the picture of Aslan. Has anyone read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Anything by C.S. Lewis? Any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, okay. Seen the movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, okay. All right. One of the ways in the book that they, um, first of all, Aslan, the lion, is a picture of God. It's a picture of Jesus. And at the end of one of the stories, Aslan is walking along the beach. He's walking off into the sunset. 
I think it's Lucy Pevensey, is talking to like Tumnus, some kind of a mythical animal kind of a thing. She's talking to someone, and she says, uh, he's good. Aslan is good. And Tumnus, whoever it was, says, he's good, but he's not tame. He's not a tame lion, but he is a good lion. What a step of faith it is to trust someone who's not tame, but is good, who you can't control, but has much wiser and higher plans for you than even you have for yourself. This is, this is the God that we follow, one who is good but not tame. So where would we go like Peter said? This is the mark of maturity. Where would I go? You have the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. This is where I try to camp out all the time. This is the truth that I put my, my, at the center of my life so that I can love people, so that I can have an anchor in my life when the storms are flying, so that I have something to give when people come to me in need. This is what I need. I hope I'm not too intense. It's like really quiet here, and then I'm like, oh, man. Okay, hope I'm not like scaring everybody away. Okay, okay, cool, awesome, yay. All right. Um, How do we love? Let's just look at a couple of things. How do we love people well? Here's a big question. How do we love people well? How do we do that? I run into so many people that struggle, especially when um, if someone has passed away or when someone's going through a major, major crisis and they're coming to me and they're like, how do I make them feel better? How do I take away their pain? What is the answer that I can give them that will make them, make it all better. Like a parent giving a Band-Aid to a child. How do I do that? And I, I just say, you can't. What, what can you do? What can you do? You can listen. You can be with them. You can spend time with them. Job, in the Old Testament, one of the oldest books in the Bible, Book of Job, most people know about him as the guy that just everything went wrong and he lost all his family, all his cattle, all his money. He lost his health and he's just done. And then just the finishing move was for three friends to come and visit him. And for the first week, everything is fine. They come and all they do is just sit with him. And I'm like, that's a friend. That is a friend. Sit with a guy who's just lost everything, and just, just be near him. Wow. Okay, cool. Week is up. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they start giving him formulas. They start saying, well, you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong, because bad things only happen to bad people. <laughs> what? And Job's like, I didn't do anything. I was just minding my own business, and wham. He says, everything happens. They started giving him formulas, and everything just starts falling apart. And, um, yeah, it just doesn't work after that. And the whole book of Job is really just about that. It's just like, it's not about a formula. Formulas don't work, but God is good. What a scary thing. Formulas don't work, but God is good. Can you trust the person you can't control? So what do we do when we're with hurting people? Listen. Listen to them. 
I was reading this verse to, to the staff at C3 last week, uh, maybe the week before. And this out of anything has saved my bacon when I felt like I needed to have an answer for someone's problem. Oh, y'all listen to them. I'm a great, I pride myself on being a good listener. If I can't do anything else, I can listen. I'm just patient and and quite proud (laughs) and not very humble. But, but, okay, so listen, 20, Proverbs 20, verse 5. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. A person with understanding will draw it out. How do I become a person with understanding? How do I understand anything? This is my question to the staff last week. How do I understand anything? I listen. I observe. I see what's going on. I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Open my eyes to see this person as they truly are so that I can understand what's going on. And then I just listen. Then I ask questions. And I see what's up. Now, the trick is, often, more often than not, that person knows what they need to do. They just need someone to draw it out of them. Sometimes. Sometimes not. But oftentimes, yes. Sometimes they're just dancing around it. And that shame thing comes back again. It's like the shame is something that hides and tries to subterfuge what you're really supposed to do. Shame is all about, nah, you don't need to, don't talk about your weaknesses. Cover them up. Don't let anyone see that. Shame hides your emotions, camouflages them. So you're not even aware of yourself sometimes. So in asking good questions and in listening, you're just there drawing out of themselves what's going on. Sometimes there's this like cork you just got to pull and things start to pop out. It's great. It's awesome. I find the one thing though, is this helping anybody? Is this okay? Okay. I'm not sure if this is a pastoral thing or a teachy kind of a thing. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing right now. I hope this is helpful. hope this is beneficial. The one thing I would really recommend, though, is being a good listener. Sometimes if I listen too long, it begins to condone what they're doing. You listen for, you know, the first 45 minutes, like, wow, that's a terrible thing. Yeah, they really hurt you. That's a brutal, yeah, you're wronged. And, and you're hurt and you're wounded. That's rough. You listen for two hours and it's, and all of a sudden, it's like you're condoning every, every bad response that they're doing in every way that this is horrible. And it's like, it's just like noise after that. So I find that what we need to do is, because Jesus is here, because Jesus is present, we need to treat people powerfully. Treat people like they're powerful, like they have a choice in the matter of what happens to them. Right? Not in what happened to them, but in what they happen back to that situation. Okay? How they respond to it. So my question to them is, wow, that sucks. What are you going to do about it? Wow, that's a horrible thing. You have my heart, my attention. You have my, you have my empathy. Wow, what are you going to do about it? Rough. That's a terrible thing. Now, what are you going to do? Okay. And it puts the responsibility back on them for what they're going to do with their life after that. So, you know, something just car wrecked their whole life. What are you going to do? And that comes from the idea that we have a right to be healed. We have a right to be healed. We have a right to be whole. 
right? We have a right to move on from where we are. We have that opportunity. And this is where we can come from. When you're meeting with somebody, the one thing I find after all that is said and done is that you leave them with hope. Whenever in conversation with someone, when it gets really, really intense, and you've got to go, you've got to wrap it up, leave them with hope. Everyone in this room has an opportunity to influence somebody, to change their lives by simply being with them. And the opportunity when you're done is to leave them with hope. So what I do when I'm finished that coffee with somebody is I go, can I pray for you? Christian, non-Christian, whatever religion or not religion, I've, I don't think, I've rarely ever been turned down to pray for somebody when I've sat and listened to them and give them my ear. And I said, can I pray for you now? And then when I pray for them, I bless them. I prophesy God into their future. I say, God's hand is upon your life. He is going to roll with you. He is going to be with you. He is going to speak into you, and that he is with you, and that you can know him personally. He is there. I just had an opportunity with Sarah, who's here, and we, she, she reminded me today that we, we were talking about, uh, it was in a really difficult moment, and she said, something good, good is going to happen tonight. And I was like, you're right. Something good is going to happen tonight. And then she just came and just said to me, it's like, just now, he's like, remember when we talked about this? I was like, yeah. She's like, it happened. This incredible thing that we were looking to see happen, happened. I was like, wow, you were prophetic. That's incredible. I agreed with you. This is amazing. This is really neat. Okay. So there you go. The final thing, we're done with this. The guys can come up here. Is to know Jesus is the most amazing thing. The most amazing thing. All this comes back to the idea that this all happens because of Jesus. Right. My life has changed because of Jesus. I'm alive because of him. I'm whole because of him. Um, I'm, I'm enabled to care for other people because of him. I've got something to give because of him. If anybody would like to know Jesus, we're going to have a team after, the, after this set is done that you can come pray with up here. I'll be with them. The team will be up here to pray with you. But we'd love to introduce you to Jesus. He is the one that is our source of life and power and strength. Okay? All right. So let me just close in prayer here. So Father God, we just thank you for what you've done. We thank you that you go with us from this place. We thank you that you give us our daily bread. We thank you that you lift our heads up when we hang down in shame. We thank you that you forgive us when we confess our sins. We thank you that you put us in a community of people that love you and that can encourage us. We thank you, Father, that you've given us an opportunity to impact the lives around us and to feel significant and have meaningful lives because we can love people around us that you've given us and you've placed around us. So thank you, God, for what you're going to do with this great body of people, what you're going to do with us. And we thank you how you're going to speak through us, how you're going to love through us, and how you're going to show yourself powerful on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Pastor Stephen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.